This is working to beat. It is Monday, July 27, 2020. I'm Kevin Cooney. Thanks for joining us. Mike Kern will be here in a minute, and as well as our special guest, Ross Tucker. Uh, you know him from, well, everywhere. He was the uh, color analyst for the Eagles Television Network, has uh, been a part of NBC Sports, has been a part of Westwood One, uh, has been a part of CBS uh, Sports Network's coverage of college football, Westwood One on the NFL. One of the uh, good people. Also, if you're a high school football fan in Pennsylvania, you know Ross does the uh, Pennsylvania State Football Finals. He has his own recruiting service. Oh, and he also played in the NFL. So Ross Tucker will join us to talk about the state of the NFL with training camps opening this week. Uh, the NFL announcing on Monday it's ready to go. Here we go. And um, the great unknown. Veterans are supposed to report on Tuesday. And so uh, Ross will come on and talk about that. We're filming a little early, uh, some personal uh, conflicts that have forced us to um, do the show on Monday. We'll be back on Thursday. It'll be Matt Breen from the Inquirer who will join us. And that will be, we will be talking about the second part of this, which is the um, the trouble Major League Baseball is in three games into the season. The Florida Marlins have had 14 people in their traveling party in Philadelphia, uh, test positive for COVID-19. The Phillies had their game on Monday night postponed against the uh, New York Yankees. There's no guarantee that they are getting rapidly tested as well to see if they were exposed. And if anybody has caught that after the Marlins epidemic this weekend, and oh, by the way, they went one and two, which is one of the great who cares moments at this point. Uh, with this team but yeah a lot going on with the Phillies and obviously Major League Baseball it'll be interesting I'm going to ask Ross we're going to ask Ross about the fact that uh, how does this impact the NFL because the NFL is trying to do what baseball is doing granted they're not on the road four days five days in a row but like like Miami was but you're still traveling and it's not the bubble and we've seen the two bubble sports the three bubble sports you know MLS had some issues early on um but they have managed to get through most of their tournament at this point they're into the quarterfinals um and they've been okay and gone through pool play they had to take two teams out but they've been able to continue through uh the nhl and the nba reporting very little problems the nhl just went into their bubble flyers will begin as you know on tuesday with an exhibition game against the penguins and then they get the bruins on sunday to start it off up in toronto but, um, yeah, this is a uh, interesting circumstance, and Mike and I will get into it on the second half of the show about where everything is and where um, we're going. Because, you know, I think a lot of us going in the last weekend had a pretty good feeling that everything was going to be okay. And Monday morning brought Monday morning. <laughs> it brought the slap of reality and the fact that this is not going to be easy to pull off. Baseball was always going to be the hardest because of the amount of games trying to sandwich 60 games in 66 days and, and Oh yeah. Having the travel city to city. So, um, but this is the situation and we'll keep an eye on what's going on. But when we come back, Ross Tucker from Westwood one from, uh, the NFL, uh, the the Eagles preseason games, the everywhere you talk football, the Dan Patrick show, everywhere you talk football, Ross Tucker has been there, and Ross will join us to talk about 15 minutes worth of football. That's next. Work of the Beat continues right after this. 
looking to reach the sports fans of Philadelphia in a brand new way, this is Kevin Cooney. Each week, the Working to Be podcast with Mike Kern and I brings the hottest topics into this sports crazed town with the people and the events that shape the landscape. Now, your business could connect with those people by advertising on the Working to Be podcast. Join us at 267-546-7277 or email us at workingthebeat at gmail.com to find out how you can reach out to this growing audience. It's the best sports talk in Philadelphia, and you can be a part of it. That's 267-546-7277 or workingthebeat at gmail.com to join the Working the Beat podcast family. And joining us now, a seven-year NFL veteran. He is also the voice, uh, the color analyst for Eagles preseason games, uh, was last year. Obviously, there's not going to be any this year. Uh, but also on Westwood One Radio, you hear him. If you have a radio station across America, you're going to hear Ross Tucker at some point in the next six months. And he's joining us, the pride of why you're missing. And a, the biggest high school football fan in Pennsylvania, it's Ross Tucker. How are you? Ross. You know what, Kev? That was quite the introduction. <laughs> um, you know, I'm okay, family healthy and happy, but with that intro, you just got me a little sad. So first of all, <laughs> I love doing the Eagles preseason games last year, as I think everybody could tell. So I'm beyond bummed out that there won't be any this year. And then you mentioned how much I love high school football. And that might get bummed out too at this point. <laughs> I am uh, I'm not feeling great about that right now. I guess I have my fingers crossed, but I'm highly concerned would be a good way to describe it. So uh, we'll talk anyway, even though you can kind of bump me out. Ross, Ross what was your high school? Were you a Berwick guy? Is no, he was why I'm missing. Okay, I'm, I'm, where's why I'm missing exactly? Like I'm northwest? I mean northeast? No, so why missing is is outside of Reading. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm and sorry. I'm missing, sorry. Yeah, we won the state championship in 2012. Um, it's where Taylor Swift's from. Mm-hmm. But everybody, it's funny because I live in Harrisburg now, the state capital, because my wife has a family business out here. What's interesting to me is Reading's like an hour west of Philly or so. It's 100% Eagles fans, right? Like, <laughs> sure. It's 100% Philly sports. Eagles, like, you get every Philadelphia station. Like, it's basically a suburb of Philly. I mean, there's a lot of people that live in eastern Berks County, east of the city of Reading, that commute to Philly. Sure. Meanwhile, you come an hour west to Harrisburg, and there's a lot of Steelers fans. Here. Yeah, that's like, almost a lot of Steelers fans. That's almost and, the DMZ, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. There's also Ravens fans, so it's like it's yeah. It, it, it's in, it's interesting how that one hour makes a big difference, and really, they get all the Steelers games here, you know. So that's a big difference. Like you know, on CBS they get the Steelers, right. on Fox they get the Eagles. But then what happens is there's a conflict sometimes with the Ravens. If, you know, if the Eagles are hosting a CBS team, it's yeah. kind of crazy. <laughs> All right, let me let me get into the news of the day. And I know I'm going to start with a Major League Baseball question for you. But given the fact that we're 24 hours from NFL training camp scheduled to open, uh, how much do you think the Marlins situation is weighing on players' minds this morning or this afternoon? Um, I think a lot. I, I think – with all this coming out right before they're all reporting to training camp, I think it weighs heavily. Like, wait a minute, that, that's a lot of guys that got it, what happened. 
I thought these pro sports had it kind of figured out and buttoned up with the testing. And then I haven't, you know, dug real deep into it, but it sounds like the Marlins knew three guys had it and still played anyway. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why now 11 guys had it. That is, oh. wow. That that's that's scary on lots of levels that they, they still went. They left it to the players, Ross. They left it up to the players yesterday to decide if they want to play or not, which is ridiculous. But that's a whole different story. Yeah, I, I don't really understand that. I, I would say this though, I don't think just because there are positive tests for one baseball team. Like, to me, that doesn't signal just cancel everything, cancel basketball, hockey, cancel the NFL. And it feels like that's what some people want to do. I am not of that mindset. I would like to hear more people talk about the zero positives in the NHL right now. Mm -hmm. And let's see how it plays out a little bit, right? I mean, if it were multiple baseball teams, I think that would be more concerning to me. Uh, you know, for football, they're going to get tested every day. They, they have like three tests before they even go in the facility. I mean, I just, I, I, I'd like to see things play out a little bit before this we're all doomed, cancel everything feeling that's out there. And, and by the way, I'm more conservative as it relates to the COVID stuff than most people I know. And like, I haven't gone out to dinner inside anywhere. Like I'm not getting around people without masks. Like I'm not like that, but I still just think everybody has kind of a spectrum in terms of where they are on this thing. I'm not, Hey, just do whatever. Uh, But I also think there are people that are jumping to conclusions too quickly. Mike Ross, I I'm almost like you just described yourself. I, I, I don't think they should shut it down. But I, I am a conservative guy. I wear the mask, the whole deal. Here's the question that's never been answered to me, and Kevin and I have talked about this. At what Does each league have a number in mind where they say that's enough? Like if 10 Eagles test positive before their week three game, does that mean they can't play that week? Or is that – like nobody's come out and said that. Nobody said, hey, it'll take seven baseball players or three hockey players. Or, and I find that disturbing – that they won't go on the record and say, okay, look, this is what the threshold is. is. Yes. And and so there is no threshold. In other words, my thinking, I mean, do do you have any thoughts on that? So um, there is, uh, I I think that they have an idea in their mind, but they're never going to put a hard and fast number on it because they don't want to be obligated by that, right? They don't, they don't want to be locked into that. But isn't that a bad thing, Ross? I mean, no, I, I don't think so because I think it depends on who the players are. And like, so five players for a football team, if it's one safety, one wide receiver, one running back, one offensive lineman, one linebacker, I think you're okay. If it's five offensive linemen, that's a problem. But shouldn't the issue be that there's – that there's, and I'm not saying five should be the number. I'm just saying shouldn't the issue be that there was five guys tested positive, not that they were all stars or not that they were the quarterback? I mean, why are we getting into qualifiers? I, I don't understand. Well, that. I understand what Ross is saying, though, but because right. oh, no, you have I, no position if you have five offensive linemen, you can't feel the team right. at that point. But it's okay, then, if we just lose five players. 
It's it's just it's just not okay if they're all linemen. Okay, I, Ross. I find that disturbing. I'm sorry. No, I, Ross, go ahead. Well, what do you want, Mike? I, I just think that there should be something where they say, okay, look, if let's say 10's the number for whatever for whatever, you know, if the Eagles have 10 guys test positive this week, we're not gonna let them play. We're 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 gonna not let them play. We're not gonna but it's just like, well, okay, they can play, but those ten guys just got to sit out. Then just, you know, it just seems like there's got to be something where because there'll never be a threshold. Who's going right. to cancel a game? The NFL's not going to cancel a game. Well, uh, if there's 15 guys sick, as long as they have. Well, hold on a second, Mike. Players. I mean, Major League Baseball canceled multiple games today. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees and Phillies. Right. Well, I don't know when you guys are posting this, but the Yankees and Phillies got tonight yeah. got canceled It'll, or postponed. I mean. I, I understand what you're saying. If you're talking about from a competitive balance standpoint, right. you'd like to know what the number is that yes. it's like, okay, this team forfeits or this team doesn't play. Right. Um, but I, I don't think that any – Ross, you still there? Oh, Ross. And Ross. I froze, I froze him up. Yeah, you froze you froze Ross up. Oh, right about. There you go, Ross. You froze up for a second. I apologize. So, go ahead, finish off your answer. Oh no, I was just saying I don't think the leagues want to lock themselves into something. Yeah. Like that. All, right. All right, let me let, let me let me go to a different topic, but it kind of the same. You've talked about not having preseason football, and you were one of those back of the back of the roster guys. I'm not insulting you, but I'm just saying who needed to have that those preseason games, how much is the product going to hurt without having those four preseason games at this point? Well, so there's two different stories here, right? There are the undrafted rookie free agents like I was uh, out of Princeton in 2001 with the Washington Redskins back then, the Washington football team now. And I would not have made that team without the preseason. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris Samuels got hurt. Somehow I was the backup left tackle for that preseason game. I went in and guys, it was my first NFL action ever. It was the first quarter and the huddle was Jeff George, Steven Davis, Michael Westbrook, (laughs) Steven Alexander. And I remember thinking, what the hell is going on? I hadn't taken a single rep with any of those guys. I didn't think they'd put me in, but Chris got hurt, and they were like, get in there. And I held my own against the Falcons, and I think that's how I made the team. Um, So I feel very sad for those guys because lives are going to be forever altered. In other words, if I came out in 2020, I wouldn't make the team. I'd probably go back to my Lehman Brothers Wall Street. Years now of not having to get a real job, just playing football and talking about football. Instead, I'd have some <laughs> job I hate and I'd be miserable. But so I feel bad for those guys. The flip side is if this for a year four, five, six, seven for me, and maybe having to only have eight padded practices before you get to the opener and you start getting your paychecks every week, I'd be like, sweet. I mean, everybody <laughs> likes to get paid the same amount to do less. Right? I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. Everybody likes to get paid the same amount of money to do less work and have less wear and tear on their bodies, less injury risk. So the vets are probably all for it. Uh, the rookies are getting 
Well, and, and, and I, I'll go to that point, too. And, and, Mike, I'll let you get back in in a second. The one thing the last couple of Septembers we've noticed, because a lot of starters haven't played a lot in preseasons, okay? It's been sloppy. Would you agree on that? The first three, four weeks of the NFL have been sloppy the last couple of years with starters. I think it's I think it's a little sloppier every year, yeah. and I think it is related to them playing less and less in the preseason every year. So what do you think it's going to look like now with no preseason? Sloppy-ist. <laughs> the sloppy-ist <laughs> that we've seen so far. I, I mean, it will. I, I, I don't see how it's not, because not only is it less no preseason games, but there were no OTAs, there was no mini camp. They might only have eight padded practices. Now I read somewhere maybe up to 14. That's not a lot. It's going to be sloppy. But, I mean, everybody is on the same page. Everybody's working under the same rules. So I got to be honest with you, Kev, that's that's low on my list of worries. Oh, I understand. That, I'm going that, on the – It's going to be sloppy to start the year. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Ross, is that going to be the, the fact that we're going into the unknown in many respects? An advantage for the, the good teams – who are expected to be good under normal circumstances, or is it an advantage for maybe that there's going to be a few teams, which we get surprises every year anyway, but teams that weren't maybe because they really have nothing to lose and they'll pretty much be on the same ground. They won't be as far behind the good teams maybe that would have had continuity or had their OTAs or whatever. Uh, I think teams that have a lot of continuity and chemistry are going to be way ahead. Like so Diego, if you're looking at if you like, if you're like I talk about this a lot on my even money betting podcast. If you're looking to fade teams, fade teams that are counting on a lot of rookies mm-hmm. and that have rookie quarterbacks right. that have a lot of new players that have new coaches that have new quarterbacks, fading all them. If they've got head coach and coordinators back, quarterback back. A lot of players back, like the Chiefs, for example, or, you know, on some level like the Eagles, I I think those are the teams that should be ahead because those guys playing next to each other and with each other know the scheme, know the system, know each other, and should be able to play better, especially earlier in the year. Would you say that the Eagles have a huge advantage over Dallas and and the Giants and Washington because they have quarterback, coach, togetherness? I mean... Mike McCarthy's not worked with Dak Prescott. You know, obviously, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones haven't worked together, and neither has Ron Rivera and uh, Dwayne Haskins. So I think huge is probably overstating it, but I think it's an advantage. Like, I I think it's an advantage for the Eagles that they have continuity on the coaching staff. The other three teams don't. I don't know that it's huge. Because they've had the opportunity. I mean, they've probably been Zoom meeting out the yin-yang, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been Zoom meeting to death. That, and that's all they've had to do. That's all they've had time to do. It's still not the same as being out on the grass on the right. field and going through it. But those guys should have a pretty good idea of what those teams are doing. It's really – I could answer that even better, Kev, if I knew – how good of a Zoom learners a lot of those guys are. I'm serious. I mean, we're all learning that. <laughs> they can watch it and they got it. There are other guys that they don't they don't got it until you go out on the field and do it. I never thought I heard the term Zoom learners. You know, but, but go ahead, Mike. Hey, I'm a, I'm a Zoom learner, so what the hell? 
Would you be surprised, Ross, if somehow, some way, the NFL season didn't get completed and there was a Super Bowl at some point, whether it's in January or March or, or whatever? Um, would you be surprised if, if we had an unfulfilled NFL season? No. No, no I, think oh, that's, okay. I, think that's, I think that's a real possibility. Oh, I think they're okay. going to try really, really hard okay. to play the season. So the, I think they're going to try to start on time. If they can, if they have to postpone a couple of weeks and come back, I think they will. I think if they have to shorten the season and get to the playoffs, I think they will. I mean, I think they'll do whatever they can to have a Super Bowl this season, but it might end up not being in the cards. It, it might, I mean, depending on how things go with our country, I think everybody thought we'd be in a much better situation now than we are. And yeah. so if it continues to get worse in places, I think it's a real possibility. Would you have felt comfortable playing in this circumstance? So get asked this a lot. I've talked about this on the Ross Tucker football podcast because my listeners asked me that. And absolutely the answer right now, based on what I know now, is yes. So you have okay. to understand, right? I, when I played, I was age 22 through age 28. Those are my seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking to a guy that had back surgery on multiple levels, L4, L5, L5S1, discectomy, laminotomy, foraminotomy in Buffalo. My career ended in Washington, herniated my C5, C6, bruised my spinal cord in my neck. And so I got to be honest with you, like I would be concerned about coronavirus. But on my list of risks, right, it would be probably CTE would be up there. Not making the million dollars between the veteran minimum plus the severance and 401k and right. pension and annuity. Then there's the orthopedic risk of like uh, uh, being paralyzed or neck, back. I mean, COVID would be on the list. It just wouldn't be in the top three or four for me from age 22 to age 28. And there's a significant financial risk for everyone involved as well. Right. And so for me, you know, that with when you factor in the salary and benefits, trying to get that financial head start for my family, uh, I would absolutely play based on what I know now and not having any pre-existing conditions. Last question, because I know I got to let you go. How confident are you there's going to be a Pennsylvania high school football season? Not very. And it makes me very sad. I don't know if they can move it to the spring or whatever, but even my alma mater, my missing, they just had to shut down workouts for two weeks. A student athlete tested positive. You know, they just don't have the testing mm -hmm. at that level or the money. And uh, it breaks my heart. You know, at 41 – I know that there are more important things in life than high school football. At 17, you would have had a very tough time convincing me of that. A very tough time. Yeah, you feel for the high school kids and you feel for the college kids because there's going to be some college kids. Obviously, the Ivies have lost their season already. It's it, it's going to be a tough fall. Ross Tucker uh, from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Westwood won the Eagles preseason games 2021.
and, uh, and uh, PCN and wherever you can hear him. He's on WIP on with Angela every week too. Ross, I appreciate Ross, you doing this. Stay safe, man. Stay safe, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Likewise, guys. Great talking with you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having on. Uh, thanks for being on. Ross Tucker joins us, and we'll be back right after this. Our thanks to Ross Tucker for joining us. Uh, obviously, a lot going on right now with the NFL going, the training camp, and then obviously the baseball situation, which we'll get into at this point, Michael. And, um, I, you know, I think we both had assumed at some point we would have a situation like this. Uh, what has happened to the Marlins where a team would get into an outbreak. Um, I'm not sure I expected the three games in, though. Um, Why? I, I don't know. I thought maybe does, does the pandemic take uh, say, boy, baseball's opening this weekend. I think we're just going to take the weekend off. I no, mean, no. I I would say though that I thought because I thought they would be a little more aware with the health and safety protocols than it looked like they were. Um, yeah, but what what I'm saying, Kevin, I guess is obviously they're taking precautions. Mm-hmm. Okay, and obviously in some cases it doesn't matter. This is why people get sick. This is the predicament our country is in. It's not just a sports question. It's a country question. How do you come back without people getting sick? You don't. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. Fauci tells us that all the time. Burks tells us that all the time. And the president's been denying it for three months. Okay, so now we're finding out. These people, I'm sure, are trying, but the Marlins... We're playing somewhere Wednesday, right? They, they were in Atlanta on Tuesday Tuesday okay. and Wednesday. When you're not in a bubble, okay, and you can't – and people are in hotels, mm-hmm. they're in airplanes, whatever, stuff is going to happen. It may not happen. This may be the only time it happens. You know, they may go weeks without it happening. Right. But, but how baseball could be unprepared for this, but I said this three weeks ago or a month ago, what are the what are the parameters? Where to go, give me a number where you're going to say that's it, can't do it, whatever. They are none. No, Manfred they publish a 118 page thing or whatever it was, and they get caught with their pants down right out of the gate. And that's it, the it, thing, like, and we're recording this around four o'clock on, on Monday. There's been no statement from Major League uh, from Ron Manfred. I mean, there was a he's state, an idiot. There was a statement saying the games were called for tonight. Yeah. But there's there was an emergency call at at twelve thirty, which there's been casual leaks saying they're hoping they could get it under control and all that. But it's like, really, like that's that's all you're gonna say? You're not gonna be the commissioner, and you're not gonna. And, and furthermore, the idea to me that this went to a vote of the Marlins yesterday, not the commissioner's office, not the Phillies, not the organization's brass to make a decision on this, that this was decided by the players is the biggest indictment of the system going. Well, players are going to play. Exactly. Well, although I I can look at it another way. I mean, the Marlins might say, hey, uh, how about the Phillies? Did the Phillies get a vote in this? Apparently not. Well, see, and that's the... And that's a problem. That's a problem. You think? think, Here's the thing. And think about it this way. So now you're you're playing baseball. These games count. Mm-hmm. And the Marlins were down four guys from a team that already stinks. And still, of course, they they won. Which Two out of perfect, three, right. right? But what I'm saying is, what if this were a game that really affected something? I mean, and this might 
and you had all of a sudden a team without five or players or something. Oh, that's too bad. You got five players down. You know, go ahead. You know, play. That's why you have thirty man rosters or you have whatever. whatever. It, it, this whole thing about bringing sports back, Kevin. It, it, I said it before. I know they have to do it. I get it. I understand it. But it is. It's like when we bought the the country back. You, you, you're forcing it because it's that time of the year where you have to force it. Football gets played in the fall. This is what they're going to do. Baseball had to get started at some point or it wasn't going to get played. Um, the NBA and the NHL are doing it differently because they're going to a bubble situation, um, which I don't know how much better that's, but you would think that's going to be better in, in, in certain regards just on its surface. And both today reported that they had no, no positive test out of about yeah. – 2000 taken. Yeah, but it's just, it's, and, and why? Do, do, does anybody in Miami or around the country care that, that the Marlins had four guys test positive? No, play ball, guys. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. If, if Bryce Harper got sick tomorrow and had a quarantine for a week or two or whatever, nobody would care. Philly fans might care that he's not in the lineup hitting home runs. But nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's like when the, the teachers have to go back. Nobody cares about the teachers, except the teachers. You know, but everybody's just like, go to school. Kids need to be in school. We need to see baseball. We need to see football. We need to, fine. That, that, if, we're, if we're so dependent on that for our lives, that's great. Football is going to cause way more problems than baseball. You know that. I know that. Ross knew that. Everybody knows that. They're going to do it. You know, and and if you bring fans I think baseball, into the equation, I think baseball's the tougher because of the travel. No, football's tougher because twenty-two guys are hitting each other every play and sweating on each other. Nobody sweats on each other in baseball. Nobody, nobody touches anybody. No, but rare instances. No, no but football. football see, what? I think I think the travel is the element here. I think the travel of you're going from hotspot to hotspot to hotspot. You're living in hotels. You're you're on buses. You're on planes. All that. They're not doing that in football. Just once a week, as opposed to five, uh, uh, as opposed to six times, or five times, or whatever. What, wh- how, how many road trips are the Phillies making this year? Uh, three times, about ten. Okay, the Eagles are going to make eight. Okay, what's the difference? Well, that's Two? fair. That's fair. No, you're right. I, I'm just saying. In football, you have guys who are hitting each other every single – it's like it's a lot like basketball in the NHL. Guys are sweating on each other. That's how this disease is transmitted. Right. In football, you're going to have – you already have football players. Some guy in the Patriots came out today. And, if, and, and right, they're yeah. worried about it. And if you're not you going to have a sterilized environment, that's where the problem comes in for the NFL. And part of the problem is you I have agree. no leadership. The leadership is – because, like you say, with Manfred, you know, but even Goodell, do you think Goodell has a plan right now? Like, if this happened at an NFL camp next week, or let's say the first week, NFL first week, and all of a sudden one team, there's eight guys test positive, or are they still going to play that? Um, Sunday? are they still going to play that? Sunday? I think the NFL has more of a plan than baseball. Are they going to play that Sunday? I, I I can't tell you that. No. Well, I think well, you're going to see. So, a, I think you're going to see some forfeits through the year. Yes, I well, do. Well, then they don't have plan. Then. then, then there isn't a plan. If the plan is you're forfeiting, then you're the MLS. You want to be the MLS? Be the MLS. You're the National Football League. You're the biggest entity on the face of the sports, at least in America. Mm-hmm. I don't know about worldwide. Um, you're right there. Players are worried. Players are concerned. 
The only people that aren't concerned are fans because fans don't care. If a player gets sick, a player gets sick. Hopefully he doesn't get sick real lot. You know, we, but we don't care. We want football games. And at the college level, it's even stupider to think that. Um, the pro level, I get it. Let me bring uh, let me let me bring back the baseball for a question. Do you think baseball will plug through no matter what at this point? Well, I think the. I mean, it depends. You say when you say no matter what, Kevin. If ten teams, like at some point, can't play, and I don't know if it's ever going to come to that. I I right. can't say that. Then yeah, I think th- there, there's a certain point where people are saying, "Why are you playing?" Um, I don't know what that point is because they've never told us. Right. You know, if, if if four teams can't play and one of them's the Marlins and one of them's, uh, I don't know, pick three other bad teams. The Royals. Royals and, the yeah, Royals. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but if all of a sudden the Yankees and the Dodgers and um, um, you know, Houston can't play, you got a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe that means you can't play for a week. I, uh, I mean – Look, you plod forward hoping that this stuff doesn't happen. That's the whole point. I get it. But hey. the world, when you look around the world every night on the ABC right. News, or shit, what do you see? Trouble. <laughs> Trouble. So why would we think that sports, especially yeah. not in a bubble sports, yeah. would be any different? And any attempt to bring fans into this, like football's talking about, right? you're just adding another layer that you don't need to add. All right, so that's the baseball situation off the field. Mike, how much of the baseball on the field did you watch this weekend? Uh, I mean, I was running around. I was so I played golf on Saturday, so I I mean, I watched some. Uh, but again, Kevin, I, I I'm I gotta be honest with you. I, I I'm not even when baseball's baseball. I'm not the guy that sits there six days a week and watches nine innings of baseball. Mm-hmm. That's not me. Um, well, yesterday would have been watched, four and a half hours. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I watch, you know, that's why I watch highlights and I read stories. I, you know, and, uh, you know, to c- try to keep up. I mean, look, the, Phil- it, <laughs> the Phillies are what we, I mean, look, three games is no way to make a judgment on anything, even in a 60 game season. They are what we thought they were. I mean, their bullpen is no good. It hasn't been good for a while. Uh, and their starting pitching is pretty much the same. Other, they've added Wheeler, mm-hmm. which is, uh, looks like a good thing. But they, they, if they're going to throw Vinny and and Pavetta and Eflin at us for like the third straight year, and that's not saying they won't have their moments and they'll pitch some good games, but why? why? Why are we seeing these guys again and again and again and again? And I'm not saying that if Vinny went to another team, maybe got a fresh start, maybe he's still young enough. Why? 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 You covered the organization for a long time. Just explain to me how your three, four, and five, or, or in this case, maybe your four, five, and six, I don't know, because Ariette right. is still your three. Why is it the same three guys for like the last three years? I, you know, and, and that's the mystery question that I, I think, you know, they're, they keep trying to jam this square peg into a round hole. You know, Vince Velasquez, it's doing him no good right now to, to keep, you know, every year it's the same plot line. I can almost guarantee the Raiders, and, and this is going to sound like a dig on the Raiders, but we all dig through the same storyline. Uh, he found something. Oh, uh, you know, all spring. You know, uh, we think he found something. Uh, we think, you know, this has changed. And he thinks he's got it. And he's at his uh, uh, this year. It's added change up and all that. And 
you know, when the bullets start flying for real, he reverts back to the same guy. And but he'll have a good, you know, he won't stink all the time. That's the problem is he'll have a good outing, you know, or a decent he's outing. He's the tease. Yes, absolutely. He's the tease. He teases so you once and, and then he'll then he'll let you down four times. But they they've got too many guys on their staff who just aren't good enough. But we've seen this for years and years now. I mean, this isn't like but when they stunk, we you didn't you almost didn't care. But now well, they're not supposed to stink anymore. Well, and, and and then there's another problem. And the other problem is to be honest, yeah, they scored six runs yesterday. I get it. Okay, four of them in the first inning. They have this inane ability to, to put the, the the empty calorie runs up. Um, and what I mean by that is spots where they could break games open. Like, just rip games apart. Yeah, they had the bases loaded three times on Sunday. Twice with one out. Twice with one out and, and didn't score anything. Yeah. I mean... Well, it Segura, seems like right now Segura they, left 10 on base over the weekend. Real Muto left 10 on base over the weekend. They left villages on the base against a, a team, now that we know that, you know, beyond the COVID stuff, a team whose pitching staff is a joke. Well, the team's a joke, but they've beaten the Phillies like 13 out, 14 of, last out, uh, 14 out of the last 24. Yeah, yep. so, I mean, whatever. It, it, some teams just have some teams not. I mean, that's – but it seems to me – and again, it's early, but even the, the the Phillies are almost becoming an American League team from like what we used to classify as an American League team. They live for the home run. Mm-hmm. It's either the home run or nothing, and they hit home runs. I mean, they'll they'll hit home runs, but you know, like you said, there's times. I mean, they they didn't hit for Nola in the opening game, um, and then Zach gave him a really good effort, you know, yeah. on Saturday. Um, but like, uh, and here I got to ask you this question because. Now we have Joe Girardi, and Joe Girardi, you know, yeah. pretty good manager. He takes Velasquez out after 53 pitches Puts in Cole after Irvin. he has a one, two, three inning. Puts in Cole Irvin. Why? No clue. I can't okay. I can't uh, no, I can't I can't explain that. Yeah. I mean, and and I heard I heard what Mike Missinelli said today when I was in the car. Uh to be honest, if that was Gabe Kapler doing it, we'd be killing him. Oh, sure. Sure, and, and I mean nobody's going to kill. Look, I, I look, and I, I heard something about the pitch count. Well, if you're at fifty three pitches, I know it's three innings. I, I get that, but if let's say the, the oh, without the, the DH, pitch, you shouldn't be pulling them. Well, but shouldn't your pitch count even the, shouldn't it be seventy DH, or seventy five pitches? It you know, I mean, if you, so that should get you through at least you would think another inning. Um, I, I look, it, like I said, it's the only other, the only other thing I'll say is Brian Price apparently wasn't around this weekend because he as medical issues mm-hmm. as they have labeled. So maybe Girardi Girardi didn't have his pitching coach in his ear to, to tell him, Hey, keep him going. Hey, Joe's a big guy. I so Joe, oh, Joe, Joe knows as much about guy. pitching, but with a new I team, mean, he's going to make a mistake or two. I there. mean, Joe made a questionable thing on Friday. Didn't he, when he bought the guy out of the bullpen and uh, his first guy out of the bullpen got rocked a little bit, and everybody's like, well, why was he your first guy out of the bullpen? I'll, I'll tell you the guy I'm tired of seeing in the lineup, okay? I'm tired of of Gene Segura. I am so – I get he put up big numbers at times when he was in Arizona and he was with Seattle and all that. There's a reason why this guy has been on, like, four teams. Well, they tried to trade him. 
You can't like, trade his contract. Yeah. Well, that's, you, you, that's, you, but, yeah. you know. But when they signed him, Kevin, we all thought it was a great move. We did. We, we I mean, we all thought, hey, you know. They, they traded They traded Crawford for him. Right. But we all thought, hey, they, they, we got these guys who's put up these pretty good numbers at places. And then somebody, and as soon but, as he slumps with the Phillies, it's like, well, he's played for five teams in seven years. Well, well there's a reason. And that's the danger when you look strictly at numbers. Sometimes when you look strictly at numbers and you don't see what the guy does beyond it or why a team doesn't really do anything if he's there, that's the problem, and that's the problem they have. The Phillies have, if you look at their roster, let's be honest, they have Harper, Mm -hmm. they have Riamolto, maybe I'll throw D.D. in there because I like D.D. I think he's a good player. I think he's a great player. I, I think McCutcheon is, is is maybe we've seen the best in McCutcheon, but he's an important guy on their team. But I don't think he's a star anymore per se. That's it. That's what they got right now. Now maybe Hoskins. Turns I was just going to say you're leaving out the you're leaving out the uh, first baseman. Well, well maybe he turns into something. I'm just saying right now this minute is we're talking, and they've got two pitchers. They've got two pitchers, and I told you this last year. Noah had the great year two years ago, and everybody thought he was Steve Carlton. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he's not I'm good. on board with I you. I know where you're going. Go ahead. He's good. He might even be a number one, or he may be a number two. But don't give me this, like, that Noah is Kershaw. He's not. It's, it, he's, he, he's a very good pitcher. Um, I want him on my team. But it's almost like people talk about him. I, like, need, I need a little more from him than he gave than he's well, given them in big spots. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he, you know, he didn't pitch he didn't pitch horrible Friday. He, you know, he he pitched. You, if you're a, if you're a top of the line pitcher, you can't walk the leadoff hitter after you've tied the game in the fifth. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, what did he give up? Three runs? He gave up four. He gave up four. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, they look. You, you it's one start. It's no, one no, start. But but I'm also looking yeah. at the last couple of September's when they've been in the race and he's faded down the stretch. There's there's something here that I'm. I, I'm just saying that I think. Just remember this: we when we was, love him because everything else has been so awful. Go back four years. He was thought of if he could be a two, we were going to be ecstatic. Yeah, we thought he was. We thought he was like a three. Okay, and, oh, that, and that's what we were hoping. That's kind of what and I'm saying, sudden, Mike. And he had the great year, which is fine. And, and hey, look, guys exceed expectations. Um, and I'm not saying he can't be a one. I, I, you know, but. He's not quite, you know, Verland. I'm saying I think they overvalued him. That's it. Uh, but but they had no choice. Oh, what I else do you have? I mean, it's like I mean, it's him and nobody. They went out and got Arietta, and I knew that was going to move was going to blow up in their face because again they're signing like a guy past his prime for too much money because they had to because they had nobody else, and they took a chance on Wheeler this year who's had some injury issues. But you know Wheeler's a good pitcher when he's right. Um, so we'll see if, if we were pitches a lot like he did on Saturday night, Hey, that's, that's great. Um, you know, you're going to see, well, I guess when, when's Arietta going to pitch now? Will he, will he pitch? Uh, Arietta is scheduled to pitch, I believe to, well, tomorrow now. And they, they were saying they might play a double header tomorrow. Is that any truth to that? Baseball has shied away from doing any double headers this year. Okay. Uh, there is a mutual off day. I don't think they're going to play tomorrow either. Okay. I, I, because you got to tell me that the testing is coming back a lot quicker than it's come back. I and, know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, would Arietta pitch the, the next game they play, or would they go with Nola? They may. They may just. 
That's a good question. I think they would. I think they would skip Eflin. I think they would pitch Arietta, but then give it to Nola. Like I don't think okay. you want Nola straying off too far. Uh, this is Jim Salisbury actually reporting. This is at four oh eight, and we're now as we're recording this about four thirty. Instead of parking their cars and going to Citizens Bank Park to prepare for a game against the Yankees, Phillies players and staff drove into the ballpark's parking facility, took a COVID nineteen spit test, and headed home to wait further instructions. So they ended up basically making it a drive in COVID test spot. Uh, Philly players received a group test from Monday early uh, from the club early Sunday, reminding them of the Mar- telling them of the Marlins situation, reminding them of health and safety protocols. Uh, uh, there's one quote in here, and I'm trying to get it. I did see that one told Phillies players wait and worry. One told NBC Sports Philadelphia Monday he has come in contact with one of the players who is t- Marlins players who has tested positive during Sunday's game. Another wondered if MLB 60 game season was in jeopardy. Players and staff are tested every other day as part of MLB's COVID-19 protocol. According to the sauce, the processing of Monday's drive-up taxes test is supposed to be expedited. So that it is doesn't. The, I mean, look, this might be the only time it happens all season. I doubt it, but it might be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. None of us know. We, we don't know. But the, the, the problem is, if this happens three or four times in the next two or three two weeks, weeks, I mean, what do you do? You just keep playing? It's it's like. It, 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 it's it's absurd at some point that we just, like I said, we don't care if Bryce Harper gets sick. I mean, we care, but we don't care. We want to see the Phillies play baseball. And Major League Baseball wants to play, so they make lots of money. I I understand economics. I'm, I'm not, you know, but it's just at what point do you say it's not worth what we're doing? Uh, you know, if this is a season in which four or five or six teams go through what the Marlins are going through. At the end, when it's over, are we going to care who's lifting a trophy at the end? Or are we going to, are we going to celebrate that? I mean, I, I just, you know, and the NFL's watching all this. The NFL ain't stupid. You know, they're getting a chance to see this. And the NBA and the NHL are totally different animals. Well, you know, they, they have, you know, like, like Ross was saying, the NHL has, you know, hasn't had a test yet, right? It's been positive. Well, this week they, they didn't have a positive test to have any of the okay. tests they took. And the NBA's been doing pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, Unless, except for so, Lou Williams going to a strip well, club. Well, that's, in what, that's Lou Williams being an idiot. Um, you know, so maybe maybe the bubble works. I mean, uh, maybe baseball should have did a bubble. I, I well, it's too late now. It's too late, for, and you can't do the NFL in a bubble. No, that no, that that won't work. That won't work. Um, no, I mean, it, there's just too many. Um, you too know, many moving you, parts. Yeah, I mean, unless maybe you set up like uh, four regional sites or something, and and said we're going to put eight teams, eight teams, eight whatever that would come out to seven teams. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have a champion come out of like the you know you would have revamped your whole. The NFL is trying to do it as normal as possible. They, I mean, they're, they're not changing much. They're changing the number of playoff teams, right? Yeah. Well, th- that that's that it. well, that's a normal thing for for the NFL. The NFL had right. built those playoff, those uh, extra wild card team, that extra wild card right. team in. But everything else is pretty much as is, you know. It's it's um, and that's why, like, when I look at college football, I just and in college football, you have the added element of, you know, will there be? I mean, pro football is just pro football. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, it's you're talking about, but I just don't. And then when some of these teams are talking about putting fans in the stadium, even oh, if it's ridiculous. just twenty thousand people, it's. 
I, I just and it, but yet when this is the country we live in, okay? When when somebody comes out, like let's say Philadelphia came out and said, we don't think we're going to allow fans, okay, into the vet, into into the um, the link. You'll get people that will get mad at that. Mm-hmm. How can you tell us we can't go? Really? Are you watching the news? Are you reading the stories? Are you paying attention? But people don't care. They they just, you know, I, I I need my I need my fix. I need I've been cooped up for four months. I can't take it anymore. Okay, well, fine. That's you know, tell the four Marlin guys now who are sitting there or ten. It wasn't is more than four, right? Right. They think. Um, well, tell them. Uh, what the the Marlins? It's now uh, fourteen. So fourteen. Right, and they're still going to play baseball at some point. I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know who they play after the Orioles. Oh, they played the Orioles, like the, like the Phillies were playing the Yankees. They're going to play the Orioles two at home and two, two away. away. Right. Let's say you're an Oriole player. You want to line up on that field with that? Yeah. Really? I. I wouldn't. Is anybody addressing that? Did you, you know, did the Orioles get a vote? Did the umpires get a vote? Um, does the ground crew get a vote? Um. You know, it goes on and on and on because there is no one layer to any of this. You know, uh, I'm I'm actually and the PGA Championships next week with no fans. Yeah, we um, let me switch to a bubble, if you will. Um, Sixers now two games into their exhibition schedule. They'll play one more, and then next weekend get underway for real. Uh, but Joel Embiid sat out uh, yesterday with calf tightness. He practiced today. He did practice today. So, um, yeah. You know, what are you – when they get started again, what are you looking for? I mean, what – these eight games that they're going to play before the playoffs, what do you want to see? I don't care. <laughs> I, it, it, no, I don't – I, I know. I just the I way you said I mean, I mean, Ben look. We all know this. Ben Simmons is great. He, he doesn't shoot, but otherwise, he can do everything. He's a triple-double every night. And mm-hmm. when Embiid doesn't play, Ben is better. We've, we've seen that before. Because then Ben does other things because the Sixers need him to do other things. He'll score more. He'll probably rebound more. He'll, he'll still get his assists. He'll do whatever. And Horford um, was active the other day without Embiid on the floor. It was- the team is different when Embiid's out on the floor. But it's not as good without Embiid on the floor in the long run because he should be one of the best 10 players in basketball. Um, but when you've had a guy who's missed as much time as Embiid with different – do I worry? Sure I worry. It's a calf. He's seven foot. You know, I, you, you worry every game that Embiid's going to take the court for whatever reasons. Um, and that's going to be his whole career. That's As long as he plays basketball. Um, that's just going to be the way it is. I, I mean, I don't know if this is serious, not serious, um, but you know, um, it's going to be like I said. Everything we don't know what the Sixers are going to be. They they might come out of the gates red hot, playing like the, you know one of the best teams in the league because they have a lot of talent and uh, they find the, the switch or whatever, and or they may come out and stink. Or they may run into, uh, you know, are, are they playing the Celtics? Or we still don't know who they're playing yet, right? Well, that's I what mean, these eight games are going to determine, if it's the Celtics. But right or the now, Heat. it would be the Celtics, or would it be the Heat? Right now, it would be the Celtics. Okay. May, and I know everybody says, well, we beat the Celtics three out of four, and we're so much. Okay, fine. 
I've heard that before too. But they're in third place and we're in sixth. But, um, you know, maybe the Celtics just play great like they did two years ago against them. I, you know, um, I know you're worried if they play Miami, and so am I a little uh, bit. Jimmy. Miami seems like they have a good formula to beat that. Jimmy will, Jimmy will play that series with his hair on fire because he has a burr up his ass about the Sixers. Well, Spolster will coach that way, too. I mean, Spolster, you know, I think Spolster's a little bit of an underrated coach. I think is upset about the way that they lost two years ago to the Sixers. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But now he's got that zone defense thing that seems to work pretty well against them. He's a just really there, good there coach. To shoot. He's a yeah. really good coach, and I think... But he'll never get credit for it because... because no, everybody won. thinks it's Riley's team. Well, they won with well, LeBron. They also won Wayne. with LeBron, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, nobody that coaches LeBron to a championship is ever going... If, they, if the Lakers win this year, that guy's not going to get credit. I mean, you know, it'll be... We had LeBron. Atlantic City's own Frank Vogel, you mean? Yeah, that, and I think he's a good coach. I think he's I'm a real good coach. Nobody gets their due. When when you have LeBron, you just don't. It's it's you know um, that's what happens when you have the best basketball player on the planet. Yeah, I mean, he may not be right now the best basketball player on the planet, but he is the. I still consider him to be that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's if the Sixers get knocked out in the first round, people won't be happy. But you know they were to succeed for a reason now. They didn't play with their lineup all season for a lot of the season, and that, that's a factor. But when you have Joel Embiid on your team, you almost have to live that way. And then Simmons got hurt unexpectedly. You know, we, we that kind of And the wild card is Harris. The wild card is if Tobias Harris plays really well, uh, next to Simmons, now you got something. Now you got a decent inside-out game. You Do you mean if Embiid's playing? It, no. You have Embiid. You'd have Simmons running on from the so floor. You're talking about Tobias being the third guy. Tobias being the third guy, and Tobias playing away from the basket where he can well, get well, some more That's the whole run. plan. I mean, that's, that's their whole plan, but Tobias isn't good enough away from the basket. The problem is they have nobody with four seconds left on the shot clock. They can get the ball, take a couple dribbles, and ta- and get a shot. Jimmy could do that. Mm-hmm. That's what Jimmy did. Um, they don't have that guy. Um, so they and, – and we saw in that Toronto series last year where they had those two shot clock violations late in the game that they ended up losing on the Ford Dinker um, where that was a problem. They uh, – you know, uh, the, the Sixers almost strike you as a team that the individual parts are better than the whole. We've seen which that. Which is not what you want to be. No. Not at all. Um, but, you know, Simmons has looked really good. Uh, but I have no – like I said, my, my, my issue with Simmons is not he, – he, and he has nights where he doesn't like, – like Miami could give him a lot of trouble the way they defend. But I will guarantee you that if Embiid isn't playing at 100% or he's not Joel, which I, I don't think he necessarily won't be, Simmons can take over games. I mean, he can do that. Yeah, he he's, uh, and, um, and he did take two three-pointers – the one night made one. I don't think he's going to take any when they really play and they count. And I think the only reason he did that was because there was no fans in there. Um, it's amazing to me. He can shoot. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not Seth Curry, but he can shoot. I agree, Mike. I- <laughs> and I just, it, it must be, I would love to have a psychologist do like a, um, a profile of him on that. Cause it would be fascinating. 
It really would. Um, before we go, since we're in our final few minutes here, uh, we mentioned the Lou Williams story, and, and there's a trend. Uh, somebody, uh, well, if you didn't know, Lou Williams was spotted at a strip club, Magic City, which is a big strip club in Atlanta. Um, and he says he went there for the food um, because of the wings. He was just getting wings. He was just getting dinner. It, and there's a few people who said that's not uncommon in Atlanta to go to a strip club for food. Now, I've never been to a strip club, so I don't know this for a fact. But I can't imagine the food. If you're a, if you're a player who's in a bubble and you're out for a family emergency, I can't imagine going to a strip club for the food is probably a good excuse or that you couldn't get Grubhub or something. I don't care if you went to the best steakhouse in town. You're in a bubble. You don't do something that stupid. And I don't care if you went for the food, if you went for the ambiance. It, it doesn't matter what the reason was. That is itty-freaking-otic. Okay, and I don't know Lou Williams personally. I love his game. Uh, I wish he had stayed here and did it here in Philadelphia, but okay, it didn't work out. Uh, you, you, these play, they don't think. They turn their brain cells off, and they just think like, well, nobody's going to find out. No, 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 no. Which, so where I, everybody what, what, finds out now because of social media. Yeah. Well, so what? You got to quarantine for ten days, ten I days. think. And yeah. Did he get fined or anything? I don't know if he's been fined. I know he. Uh, there was a legitimate family emergency that forced him back to Atlanta. That's but, fine. Uh, instead of a four-day quarantine, it's now a 10-day quarantine. Yeah, and that's fine. You go home for your family emergency, and if, God forbid, you're hungry, call the strip club and say, I'm Lou Williams. I'd like an order of wings. All right. Deliver- and you don't think they would do that for him? <laughs> which, really? Which, which leads to the question. If you were in a bubble, and just outside the bubble, there was a jack-in-the-box, would you bring No. Th- no? no, but I'd call the jack-in-the-box. And I would say, could you have somebody deliver tacos? And however I had to do it, whatever the protocol that the NBA set in place, which I'm sure they have a protocol. I don't know how you would do it. Uh, I actually don't think that they're allowed to have any outside food when you're in a bubble. Well, then if I couldn't have any outside food, I wouldn't be eating Jack in the Box. Okay. Because I'm not that stupid, Kevin. You don't. There are rules in place for a reason. Okay. These are grown men. They have to understand why they're in a bubble in the first place, okay? If they're not smart enough to understand that, then shame on them. There's no reason they're going to get – don't be there. Just say, I don't want to go to the bubble. I'm not playing this year. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to go to strip club. I'm going to go – I'm going to do what I want to do. You guys play. But once you sign on, you sign on. You know, if there's a family emergency at home that you got to tend to, go tend to it. That's – that's – you got to do that. That's your family. But don't give me that crap that, you know, well, I, I really wanted the wings. And even if that – I don't care what the reason was. If that was indeed the reason, that's not the reason. You, you can't – you can't – you can't do that. You, you can't – you know, you, you are – you're a professional. You owe it to your teammates. You owe it to the league. That's an embarrassing story for the NBA, I think. I, 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 think, it, I think it doesn't look good, no. And I think it, the fact that it's the like third or fourth guy who broke the bubble for different things involving food, mm-hmm. right? Is it's not good. And but 
you know, that bubble has been the one thing that's been seeming the work. So it's going to be well, either they don't. There's two things, Kevin. Either they don't understand it, which which they may, you know, maybe these maybe these guys made an. I mean, I don't think Lou made an honest mistake, but I mean, maybe the other guy that got the food, you know, maybe it's an honest mistake. But it, it's like I liken it to golf when when like when you like a player breaks a rule, and then he says, "Well, I didn't know I broke the rule." There's a rules official sitting two feet from you. You look over at the rules official and you say, "Can I can I do this before I do it?" So I know if I'm doing the right thing or not. All Lou Williams had to do was make a phone call, I'm guessing, and say, hey, I'm in Atlanta. You know, uh, there's a family matter I had to attend to. Uh, am I allowed to go out to a restaurant to get wings? You know, and somebody would have said, damn, no, you can't. And then, and then he's got to decide if he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have no sim- – I have sympathy for these guys that they got staying in the bubble – for a prolonged period of time, but I have no sympathy if they can't follow the rules. Yeah, that's you know, you agree to it. I'm sure the NBA is doing pretty much what they can to try to feed you properly. Yep. I mean, I'm, I haven't tasted the food down there. I I don't know what they're getting, but I'm guessing it's an upgrade on the Disney food, and the Disney food's not horrible. Might not be what they're used to. Um, I I just uh, you know, if you're in, you're in. If you're not in, that's okay too. I'm, I'm not going to kill Lou Williams for if he doesn't want to be in. I, I saw that ESPN did a thing, or somebody did a thing last week about what it's like like in the bubble. And now that reporters are in the bubble, Chris Mannix is in it. Uh, the Malika Andrews from ESPN mm-hmm. is in it. I think Woj went in it this week. Um, mm-hmm. And they said that the the strange part is you see everything on the outside, but you know you can't go there. That to me would be really. What weird. do you mean on the outside, Kevin? What do you What do you mean they like, see it on the outside? Like you sit at a hotel, okay, right? Um, and you can see the rides. You can see whatever else is going on around you. That there's a whole okay. world around you, right? But you're not allowed to go there. You know, it, right? And, and the fact that you know you're not allowed to go there until October, okay, is okay. Yeah. I mean that yeah. that just to me would be that would be strange. You know, Kevin, just, we, we we live in a strange. Yeah, unique time. Uh, you've you know you, you you don't go out of your house much. I don't go. Out I am of my going house to a hotel much. for the first time tomorrow night. So I, I understand that, and um, you know we're taking tiny steps. We're all we're all taking like tiny steps, yeah. and we're wondering if the tiny steps okay. Mm-hmm. And we really don't know until we do it. Like my friend asked me um, tomorrow, he's coming up, and and he's going to see his mom and dad who live up in Warminster, and, and I grew up with them and everything. She goes, do you want to go to dinner? I was like, well, so I said to my wife and she was, she was, I said, look, if we don't go, it, it might look stupid, you know, we'll sit, whatever. But there's part of me that, you know, it's just like, I could live without it. Um, but I've been to the shore for day trips a couple times, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, but these are, th- these guys are on a, a nut, like, you know, the, the fight, like can Woj, so who can Woj interact with? Like when he's there, can the reporters interact with each Woj? other as long as they, as long as they social distance or something, or like, Wo- what Woj has to Woj has to quarantine for eight days. Okay. So all Woj does for eight days is sit in his hotel. He can't even uh, in the room. In the he room, can't go out of the room. He can't go out of the room. He, you, he, order, uh, you order room service. They like have four a, times. They have it delivered. Yes, it's part of your room fee. Okay. 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 Which is five hundred hours a day. The only and then he works and he works out of his room. Yeah, he does. And 
the only people who are allowed in your room are the testers from the from the NBA to, right. to take your COVID test. And once then you get, after the eight days are over, okay, then what can he do? He can have access in controlled environments to players. Okay, like, but like, can him and Malika Andrews and, and and like other reporters who were there can they get together like in the lunchroom or something, or can they? Is there any kind of social interaction other than Zoom things? Or well, they're no, they can go see, they could go watch practice. Okay, and okay. all that, and I believe you know, but you have to wear a mask constantly on campus. You right, have to right, right, right. Wear gloves right. and all that. So there's yeah. a. <sighs> It's a strange atmosphere. It really hey, is. Hey, look, I was talking to our good friend Joe Giuliano the other day. Um, and Joe is getting a procedure done on Wednesday. And I wanted him to go golfing Saturday. We were going golfing. And he, he had to get a COVID test on Saturday morning, you know. Right. And he said, Mike, I can't. I have to quarantine until Wednesday. And I never even thought of that because – I understand why. Oh, yeah. And my wife is getting the same procedure done like in a month. I said to her, I said, team, do you have to like quarantine it? Like after so there, there's all and he even said to me, I was talking about the college football season because Joe covers Penn State. Mm-hmm. And he said, Mike, there's a part of me that doesn't know if I want to go to the games or not. Like if you know, if they're playing in Iowa. Well, you and I talked about this last week with Yeah. But but he's actually going to have to do it. I mean, yeah. he's actually you know, and apparently he said there's going to be a small, only a small percentage. Like, I think normally 20 people travel with Penn State, I think yeah. he was saying. He said he don't know how many they're going to let. And I said, well, the Philadelphia Inquirer, I'm sure, will be the first one to let, or maybe the Harrisburg paper, right? You know, but, but the Inquirer is the largest paper in the state. And, but it's funny. And, and since I'm not working anymore, I don't really have to worry about that. But, you know, if God forbid I was still covering Villanova, basketball they're not going to have a football season i guess at least in the fall i guess i'd be facing the same question mike i'll be honest i think there's going to be a lot of papers that are going to hold back because there's no access yeah oh i i agree with you kevin but but there's no access i mean like keith Keith pompey's not in orlando right keith pompey is doing everything from here i believe i i I don't know that for a fact well he's there's not there's not datelines on his story right so, so I would assume I look, I, I don't think I don't think Carcini went to, to Toronto. But think about this. Let's just think about this for a second. Because we grew up in this town, we know mm-hmm. this town as well as anybody's. The Sixers are going a, a Sixers team that a lot of people care about. Yeah. Okay. Is going to Orlando to play, and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And the Inquirer's not going to be there. And I'm not saying the Inquirer should be there. I'm just saying the Inquirer's not going to be there. Okay, whether it's a financial reason, a, 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 um, a, 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 an access reason, whatever. The Flyers, who were the hottest team in the NHL mm-hmm. before this hit, are going to play. And, you know, we don't know what they could do, but they might make a run. Who knows? But, but, and the Inquirer's not going to go to that. But let, 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 me, let me explain on the Inquirer one, because I was actually reading up on this today. There's a dispute because the NHL has closed off all media from the bubble. Uh, oh, that well, are they, not. they stopped. They stopped two Pittsburgh writers, apparently, who were driving up to Toronto. I guess it was right, and they got stopped at the border, and they won't let them in. Yeah, and like that, the thing I I know, Jim Thomas, who's who covers the Blues for the Post Dispatch, 
literally sat for the 14-day quarantine. He flew up right. a few days ahead, but or two weeks ahead, um, so he could get through this. But I, I believe the NHL has said that it's only going to be NHL uh, entities. In other words, NHL.com okay. That's is going to be allowed. Yeah. Well, I wasn't blaming the Inquirer. Oh, no, no. I, I'm I, just saying I, that. Totally. But wouldn't it be ironic, Kevin, if, God forbid, the Sixers were playing the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Pompey can't. And- do anything and more Pop, than a Zoom and, call. And, and the Flyers are in the, uh, you know, playing Tampa in the Eastern East Conference Final. And and I'm sure Sam will do a great job. I'm sure Keith will do a great job. I'm sure that columnists will write columns. Guys we know, Mike Sealski, David Murphy, Marcus, you know, they'll be writing great, great stuff. But how ironic would that be that you know, these could be two big moments for Philadelphia, <laughs> and, you know, and we're getting all this like limited kind of, kind of whatever. I mean, it's it, just the whole world's upside down. It, it, it's it, just. It, um, and the other thing is, I mean, think about this: it could be a paradeless Stanley Cup. <laughs> that would there be so parade. hilarious. Well, there's no way that Jim Kenny. Or Philadelphia can say there's going to be a parade when they've already said there's not going to be a Thanksgiving or a Mummers. No, that's true. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know what they would do. You'd have to have something. Yeah. Uh, you know what that would be? I don't know, but it'd be something virtual. I would imagine from um, probably from inside the uh, the building. Um, yeah. You know, but we'll see. But you know what? Philadelphians wouldn't care. No, it, it, if you're lifting a cup or an NBA title, people aren't going to care. People will not care uh and so thursday we're back on our normal schedule on thursday uh we will talk to matt breen of the inquire uh about whatever is going to take place with baseball season the next couple days was matt down was matt down there matt sunday? was down there sunday i was on the zoom call with him yes but he had no contact i'm assuming like at all no but nobody has contact beyond their own press box okay so okay all right, Mr. Kern, thank you for joining us. Hey, have a safe trip to Bloomsburg. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Our thanks to okay. Ross Tucker for joining us. Our thanks to you for joining us. This has been Work in the Beat.